Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 20 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, winning online sweepstakes to get cool Final Fantasy VII merch. <laughs> I did that. Uh, nice. Yeah, check this out. I'm going to send you guys a link in, in the Discord. Uh, so Mountain Dew Game Fuel and Final Fantasy VII Square Enix were doing... Oh, uh, my God. They were doing a like a prize thing where you just enter you can enter up to five times a day uh and there was a bunch of different prizes you can win you can plushes there was some really high-end sephiroth jewelry there's some like low-end there's a final fantasy 7 trading card game so you can win some of that stuff but i won a set of five figurines of the four main characters and then sephiroth and they look cool and i'm really excited yeah about it. so the five Damn. main characters yeah sweet yeah. yeah so that's fun uh, i didn't know those things i've never won any sweepstakes me either Ooh. that's why i'm so excited did you read the 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 notes on the bottom no what does the note say it just says that they cannot guarantee with utmost certainty uh, that every display will contain a full set yeah <laughs> so i wonder like i'm sure like one or two people accidentally got two clouds and no barrets or something like that and then yeah the rest that's so pretty like, funny yeah it's like a weird disclaimer whatever hopefully yours comes with five tifas oh <laughs> yes give it to me oh. <laughs> and video games Woo! how you doing today guys dad no good points i'm pretty good nice uh we got some really cool news this week uh i'm andrew yeah <laughs> and joining I'm... me is andrew <laughs> hey Derek. <laughs> Yeah. And Adam, the usual. Hello. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm getting real good at everything up until that point. My whole We're 20 spiel in, in Jeff, come on. My whole spiel in the beginning is very disruptive of itself. I interrupt myself throughout the whole intro. Uh, but how about how about doing uh introduce us before you say your favorite thing? Cuz that disrupts the flow of nah. my thing. Nah. Whatever, I'll figure You're it out. I'll workshop there. it. Uh, there's a lot of cool news stuff this week. Some new announcements and some videos that are really cool and you have to check out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Today is the day Derek is going to talk about his top five favorite games of all time. Very exciting stuff. But let's start how we usually do with emails. We got an email from Steve. The subject of his email is coming in cold. He says, good evening, everyone. I hope everyone is excited to Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, that will work. Dot, dot, dot. I have no idea what, what? he's trying to say here. What? I have <laughs> no idea. Um, anyways, I find it ridiculous that EA screwed up twice with Star Wars Battlefront. I know the problem lies with EA just making Star Wars Battlefront as a money grab. It aggravates me that they do not learn from their mistakes and are unwilling to make a good replayable game. That's his whole email. He's just really mad about Star Wars Battlefront, the new ones. <laughs> Uh, I've heard, I yeah, I think uh, I think everyone has been for like the last two years. Yeah, uh, I... it's no secret that they're not good. The new ones are really, really bad. Yeah. Now I've heard mixed things about the 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 second the second one. I've heard it's actually in like or up until recently, it was in a really really good good place and uh, had a pretty good player count. People were really enjoying it. Uh, really? And I think that's why people are very, very upset that they're dropping support because the game was fun and people were playing it. Yeah, I think after after the whole launch debacle, 
the support of the game has actually been really, really good. Huh. Yeah. Kind of like No Man's Sky, too. Yeah, I think it kind of, they kind of turned it around a little bit. But yeah, so like everyone's really, or the player base, I'm not, I'm not upset personally, <laughs> is, is <laughs> right. upset they're, they're dropping support to focus on what the future of the series. Interesting. How long? Which uh, Jedi, the, the Jedi Fallen Order of the, you know, series part. How long does EA still have the Star Wars license for? When did they sign that? Does I think it's only one more year. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Do you think they'll re-up it, or do you think they'll give it to someone else, or kind of spread well, the, I mean, the wealth? I I think that I think they'll get it back. Yeah. Oh yeah, because aren't they oh. starting on the Fallen Order being a new uh, series? Yeah, of games? they are. They're working on Fall, Fallen Order Two. Or so that alone would probably. Twenty twenty three implies that they're going to have to extend it. Twenty twenty three. Okay, so they have yeah. It, two it was a, a ten year deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they can easily get at least get Fallen Order 2 out by then, and then we'll see from there. I could easily see them uh, re-upping it just with how well. I'm sure the Battlefront games made them a lot of money, and Jedi Fallen Order was pretty well received, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised to maybe see Disney give multiple licenses. Yeah, that's what I would hope. Like, let EA make some games, but let other people make games. Some, yeah. Imagine them giving feel... it to, like the the license to Yacht Club's game or some other high level oh, indie developer who could make some small yeah. but amazing game. That'd be so cool. Like little indie games. I, I think. I think as we, I, I mean, it makes more sense now. Like too, when they kind of have the the Disney universe set up, whereas in 2013 it was like, okay, there's going to be new Star Wars stuff, but like, what's it going to be about? Like we could have Mandalorian stuff. We could have oh man, baby uh, video game. <laughs> Just an uh, an escort. <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> um. All right. Steve has another unanswerable trivia question. Do you guys want to hear it? Absolutely. Sure. He says, "I have another trivia in quotations question. What two NFL football coaches are not named in Madden?" <laughs> Oh, I think I know one of them. Yeah. I think Bill Belichick isn't. Okay. Do you know the other one? I don't one? know any NFL coaches. You didn't even know I Belichick? I wouldn't uh, know. Not until Derek said it. Uh, the Dude. other one, Adam, I'm going to... Actually, Adam, you like football. I do like football. It doesn't mean I know all the coaches' names. Okay. Uh, the other one hey, is Dad. Sean Payton. Yeah, wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> he said, both coaches do not belong the, to the NFL coaches' union and have agreed to let Madden... And have not agreed to let Madden use their likenesses. So yeah, that's actually a thing with Belichick. He breaks the rules all the time. Like his iconic uh, ripped uh, hoodie. Just like he, he gets fined. Like he gets fined every game for that. Huh. What a badass! I didn't know that. He, he, he just doesn't care. Uh, again, Steve barking up the wrong tree with these sports questions. Sorry. I'll get my dad in here next time. He can throw me that. some basketball questions, Steve. We got a last-minute email, not even an hour ago, from Dan Santos. Yeah, yeah. So I had I have no idea what this says because I didn't get to proofread it because I just saw it. He says, oh, "Hello, fine. Game Sharks, Game Controller emoji, Shark emoji. Great episode. Final Fantasy VII is so interesting. I like the theories you guys have. It reminds me a few episodes back when you joked about the what is there to spoil. Apparently, a lot. Yeah, 
Reminds me of Kingdom Hearts with the many side story side story games, and now introducing the whole idea of other worlds slash timelines. It's actually uh, Nomura, who was one of the creative leads of Kingdom Hearts, is the one who led Final yeah. Fantasy VII remake. So it's... isn't he? Yeah, isn't he the guy who's like infamous for being the Galaxy Brain Kingdom Hearts? Plot yeah, exactly. Man. So it's actually the same person, which is cool. Uh, great <laughs> recently i've been playing no man's sky i forgot to who mentioned it on the show but i've Me. always wanted to play and oh. never got around to it until now i'm always confused but so far i like it um tcon has been talking to me a lot about no man's sky recently he's been going back really? to it i haven't played since i don't know maybe two months after release i put it down and then i've heard so many good things about all the updates but i've never went back to it so did they actually make it good yeah everyone who so plays it heard. loves it um, huh interesting yeah so i have when was the last time you played it andrew i never played it no oh when you when you said uh who mentioned it i didn't know it was referring to a previous time oh, yeah, i yeah. thought you meant i thought you meant this episode just now <laughs> um yeah next time tikan's on i'll bring this up and i'll have him talk about it a bit dan for you because i know he's been really really into it and enjoying it but from what well, i played have dan come on and talk about it we could have dan come on alaska style uh dan goes on to say there's a youtuber who tapes his wife playing games without any context she usually has no idea what she's doing and fumbles around sometimes i feel like that's me with games there's a certain level of cultural involvement you need some things aren't always intuitive but a gamer can figure it out because most game mechanics are based on older games personally i like soft games something light easy relatively short and artistic um yeah i've been so like i enjoy the big triple a rpgs and open world games but every once in a while i just fall in love with a five hour indie game like last year i played through all of katana zero in two sittings that game was so fun and that's it's not necessarily a mechanically easy game but just the bite-sized world and they're telling a very specific quick story and you get in there and you get absorbed on all the little things and it looks beautiful and it plays well like i I love having those games games. yeah games don't have to be this these massive sprawling endeavors with a huge budget to be beautiful yeah i agree and then then the last thing he says is you have all spoken about games you like and games you're excited for can you all describe what makes a perfect game for you occasionally like steve dantos <laughs> uh so you want to go around and have everyone talk about what would be their perfect video game um uh, oh boy or just Ooh, like some some it. elements that would yeah, be in their perfect video game um less water <laughs> i can go first uh, okay Okay. You, and wait, I was gonna say you must have given this some thought, but you said you've never read this nope. until now. So no, never mind. <laughs> I'm going off the cuff here. Uh, so tactics style game where it's grid based, uh, many classes or jobs, so you can kind of customize each character and turn them into different things. Similar to Final Fantasy Tactics Fire Emblem, a very in depth, uh, well written story and characters. Characters similar to Final Fantasy VII Remake where you like really care about the characters. In I know in like the Final Fantasy Tactics games, you just get randomly generated characters with random names and stats and stuff. Uh, I know uh, Gears Tactics does this too. I don't like that. I'd rather have like a solid pool of named good characters. 
and then yeah just a lot of customization of those characters and like new abilities skill trees i love skill trees put a skill tree in there Ooh, yeah man someone make this game maybe make it about um wizards or <laughs> or something like that yeah that sounds like a good video game <laughs> wizard tactics jobs tree with us with tree <laughs> something like that anyone anyone got anything i know it's very on on the spot i'll give a I shot don't know no. go ahead adam yeah adam you yeah so like I, I usually gravitate towards more uh adventure based stuff like give me a basically a game for me just has to have a good story to it so like uh i just finished dishonored last week that's been fun but like one of the things i like about it more or less is uh we don't have like a level system like dishonor doesn't have that at all i think sometimes having the strict leveling system kind of wrecks it because then you get to that point where oh all of a sudden the boss is like 10 levels higher than i just was like two seconds ago mm. so then okay i'm gonna have to go for like two hours go grind up until this is a fair fight for me and i think that's kind of that kind of wrecks the flow of a game so i kind of like those adventure games where it's uh it's not so much level based like you're not gaining levels but it just has a flow to it and there's other ways to empower yourself but you don't hit a point where oh the enemies in this region are five levels higher than me kind of like i'm not going that way breath of the wild style where you're getting stronger weapons and you're getting more hearts as you beat bosses and stuff like that but you're not physically leveling up and your raw stats aren't going up it's more about exactly and you gain stuff from exploring more so than just beating enemies yeah yeah that's how a dishonored did it too kind of like yeah i'm not sure guy have you guys played dishonored before Nope, no. I have. Yeah. yeah, so you'll know it's it's episodic, so it's not yeah. an open world, it's mission based. And you get these runes during the game and you use those to unlock different abilities, but each time you play through the game, it's different as to what you want to take. Like I'm doing a different run right now and everything's different, so it makes you revisit the world in different ways, and that's kind of what's more fun to me. Like, don't make it all about min-maxing your stats. Make it an experience. That's what I like. Okay. Hmm, I like it. Derek, what do you got? I want first-person shooter, shared world RPG that actually does everything right and doesn't suck in some way, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, with good classes and abilities and like skill trees and like actual like stats and perks and shit that matter <laughs> <laughs> i want to play fun raids and and i want like i want like multiplayer stuff but also like an engaging single player campaign you know that like you the single player campaign is what your character like how you grow your character and maybe maybe you know you've got like kind of like a evil side hero side and and that's how you know like maybe the story deals with you know kind of balancing act on that on on that like are you part of the darkness are you part of the light whatever are you part of the sith you part of the star wars would be great for this like part of the uh <laughs> part of exist? the, the isn't this just what the old republic is kind of but it's not an MMO. It's a first-person shooter. Oh, you want not, it to be an FPS. 
yeah i don't want i don't want it to be a wow clone in star wars gotcha okay (laughs) so you want destiny to be good is what you're saying (laughs) yes (laughs) i want it to stop sucking sometimes yeah sorry about that good luck did you hear they're bringing destiny 2 to uh to the next console which means they're not working on destiny 3 probably yeah yeah i had i had gotten that assumption uh when they I had had that feeling when they announced their changes of how they want to deal with the game last like last summer when they like kind of had like a big their game their game director Luke Smith kind of like put out a big article like in three different parts that kind of explained their vision of the game after their split with Activision and I was like okay so we're like we're not getting a Destiny 3 like we're if we're going to get Destiny 3 it's just going to be like an expansion for Destiny 2 that just completely revamps the game which I am okay with. <laughs> this game did not need to have iterated sequels. We should have never even gotten Destiny 2, but <laughs> I digress. Andrew, do you want to give it a shot? Or are you just gonna... um, I mean, like, I've been sitting here thinking about it this whole time, and I, like, I really, like, can't All right. place any sort of, like, taste. Like, my video game like taste is just all over the place in general my i'm looking at my like top five right now and it's just wild like every game is vastly different from each other mine like there's two jrpgs and that's the only connection and even those jrpgs are like wildly different from each other yeah so i don't know if i had to pick at least a couple um traits then i would definitely say like a like you were saying a uh a uh like a See, I can't even form thoughts right now. <laughs> That's all right. Um, <laughs> well, I yeah, we got the general idea. It's kind of yeah, like you can't you, get it. you can't pick. Yeah, nothing. Uh, no, no game will ever be perfect. All right, let's talk about some new stuff. Thank you, Dan and Steve, for the emails. Uh, let's get a couple quick ones out of the way. Tokyo Game Show has been canceled. It will not be happening. Same as everything else. Uh, I don't. Are they doing an online version? I thought I saw that it might be doing like a small online thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of what everyone is is transitioning to is some sort of small online thing. So it's just another big gaming show that isn't happening. Life goes on. We'll we'll get everything digitally announced these days, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's working so far. Episode one racer has been delayed for nintendo switch now originally it was only delayed for ps4 i'm very sad i would have been playing that by now it's supposed to come out on the 12th so oh, man. they had there's no uh so the ps4 version was gonna come out on the 26th but they said as of now both of them are delayed with no release date which is sad weird yeah they said uh work from home requirements are a struggle uh so it's understandable but yeah a little sad about that i was excited to play it uh, Smash Bros. has been cut from Evo. Yes. Probably <sighs> a good thing. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the Smash community being like, this is probably for the better, just because Smash's online play is uh, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a trend on Twitter right now, uh, Fix Ultimate Online. Because it's, it's been terrible. like that for the last year, bro. Every time there's a new online tournament, like a dozen new yeah. uh, top pro players say that I'm not playing in online tournaments anymore because yeah. they drain my soul and they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I watched a breakdown of I brought up how Sonic the Hedgehog is becoming a problem on online play, and mm-hmm. uh, there's this guy Gimmer who does very in-depth breakdowns of Smash stuff, and he was explaining how the input delay from uh, playing online makes Sonic go from being a balanced character to because he moves so fast, your reaction time is delayed by an additional what is it six frames of uh input delay which Couldn't turns which turns sonic from Ugh. being reactable to like you cannot react to his moves anymore. that's a tenth of a second yeah uh it's it's a big deal so um yeah so the smash community as a whole is being surprisingly understanding of this but it sucks mm-hmm. as big smash fans um i'm sure it'll come back in once evo goes back to normal this once everything goes back to normalness uh but the the full lineup for evo is under night in birth x dot or colon late sure (laughs) (laughs) okay dragon ball fighters tekken 7 street fighter 5 soul caliber 6 grand blue fantasy versus sam show skull girls encore mortal kombat 11 killer instinct and then the game that just came out called them's fighting herds have you seen this no it's a fighting game with deer uh that oh. sounds amazing it's in it what? almost looks like the my little pony art style the new version from a decade ago um yeah look it up it's really weird interesting uh, but yeah have you heard about the the crab game the crab game no it's like a game where you i don't know if it's i think it might be a vr game you play as a crab and you like have lightsabers huh so is it like, is it like based off of that meme where it's a a crab with crab a knife in its hand? <laughs> no, oh, I have no that, idea. There's just a picture of a crab with a knife in its hand, and then all yeah, the, I think I know about the it. The meme's just like, oh my god, we're all doomed. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so yeah, no smash. I oh yeah, fight crab. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Fight crab's so good. Um, okay. Uh, pour one out for Smash Bros. Is there any Tony Hawk fans out there? Probably. No, I'm talking about you guys. Are any of you Tony Hawk fans? I I I played a few of them back in the day. I used to <laughs> love the Tony Hawk games when I was a kid, specifically two and three. I so, played um American Wasteland on the GameCube. Hmm. Uh Activision has announced Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remake. So, this is technically a remake of the second highest rated video game of all time. Wait, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is the number one highest ranked game on, or number two highest ranked game on Metacritic, behind only Whoa. Ocarina of Time. Yep. Which is insane. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> Isn't that? Um, I would never yeah. have guessed that. Yeah, it's a crazy fact, but yeah, that game was just solid as hell it's a really fun game um i'm pretty sure it's gonna be 40 bucks when it comes out it's coming out in september uh i'll probably end up playing it just because why not yeah i, love I, you uh, I just might i think if it was 60 bucks i'd probably be like eh, not for me but mm. 40 bucks is just right for me for a game like this um it looks really really good uh visually very oh, yeah. nice. The mechanics of the game um, of the originals is always really fun. It's all about. It's just about like going into certain locations, get trying to get high scores, um, and doing, doing sweet tricks, man. Things. Yeah, it's yeah, re- it's pretty cool. Um, the doing like an 
uh, 900 Ollie Vert kickflip uh, Magoo. <laughs> so, do you think that Ollie the Magical Bum will be from, like, another timeline and have... The what? <laughs> and he'll, like, be aware of the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater games? <laughs> <laughs> this is just the new trope. Uh, the new video game trope. Definitely. But then, but then there'll be these uh, ghosts on skateboards who come and uh, try and fuck with you. And they'll, always, they'll <laughs> knock Tony off his skateboard when he's there before he can do his... What is it? The nine, nine hundred. <laughs> as soon as he's about to hit it, they're like, "No," because the nine hundred wasn't a thing back in the original games. Oh god, this is a real meta joke. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. A lot of people are really excited about this. I know the uh, skateboard video game fans have been pestering them to make Skate Four for a very long time. Yeah, haven't there been like a long string of really bad skating video games? Yeah, there hasn't yeah. Really been any good one in many years, so. They had done like a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD like back in like the late 2000s oh, and really? it sucked. They like butchered the game. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, and then they came out with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, which also right, which was, was terrible. Also bad. <laughs> yeah. So hope it looks like I I did watch a video of Tony Hawk and Jack Black playing the All game right. the and one? it looks yeah oh, and it looks like it uh it does keep like the physics and feeling and like the you know the the play net i don't what do you call that the gameplay there you go gameplay yeah, yeah. of the of the original two like almost exactly which yeah. is good I heard that it didn't need to be any different <laughs> i heard it's the original gameplay but they're they rebuilt all the assets from scratch so which that's that's perfect yeah, exciting stuff. We'll see how that ends up turning out. September 4th. Another new game that was announced, which I... Yeah, buddy. When I, when I saw that this was announced, I, like, jumped up out of my chair and said, let's go. It's Paper Mario, the Origami King. It's a new yeah, Paper Mario kinda, game. I know where. Announced today. Announced today, coming out July 17th, which is... Same day as Ghost of Tsushima. But I realized it is a day before I go on my week-long vacation in May where I just bring my Switch and play uh, video games while sitting by a lake and laying in a hammock. Ah, so it's go. going to be the perfect vacation game. I'm very, very excited about that. But yeah, nice. it, it's a new Paper Mario game coming to the Switch. It it looks like it's going back to the older style. of. The... Yeah, I couldn't tell from the trailer. There's only a couple shots where it looks like he's in a battle. So, yeah, and like there was something going on with like him rotating the floor. That looked kind of cool. I couldn't tell if that was a mini game or if that was actually just yeah. a battle. Um, so yeah, they're gonna have to kind of show some so, more about what's actually happening. On their Japanese Nintendo channel, they do show it's like it's like 17 seconds long, uh, and it's called like I think it translates to like Paper Mario Battle Demo, and so that that is that like rotating thing is like the battle system. Oh, okay. um, but what people were noticing is like it doesn't look like there's like a star, a flower, FP whatever. Yeah, yeah, any, yeah. Like, screen so like oh i wonder how they're gonna deal with specials and stuff like that but um it's but i mean there's only so much you can tell from like literally 15 seconds of video yeah, yeah. looking at some screenshots right now there's something that says ring moves uh times one and then yeah so you're like moving the rings and there's goombas on them there's a timer in the top and there's a button that says buy time uh interesting there's a button for hints cheers and fleeing um yeah i don't know it looks weird 
So we'll <laughs> see what it turns out to be. Uh, Paper Mario games can be pretty hit or miss, but as yeah. a whole, I like them as a concept. What they're doing here with the whole origami thing. So there's this guy, yeah. and he, he they're folded paper, and he ends up converting <laughs> Princess Peach into like origami, and she becomes a mind slave. But it looks really cool. So all the bad guys are folded origami, and Mario and all his friends are still just yeah. flat paper. I like that they as uh, they make each game are you know kind of tre- like um, exploring all of the mediums of paper. paper? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like never expected this. No. Like I just like when everyone says like oh I want a new Paper Mario game the old style. It's like no one's thinking about how they can expand it. Right. Every so, like, time they like do something new and crazy. Like yeah, doing like, stickers. Sticker Star obviously was just a bad game, but. Um, and Color Splash, I don't really know anything about, so. Yeah, was that the Wii U one? That was the Wii U one, yeah. Yeah, I've heard mixed opinions about it. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about this. We'll see how it ends up being. There's no way of really knowing. Indeed. I will get to spend an entire week with it. And hopefully we'll hear some more, some more about it soon. Nintendo kind of was just like, wait, we haven't announced anything this year. Yeah. And then they were like, I know, right? I wonder if this was going to be in their direct presentation and then it would have come out a month later. But now that their direct is pushed, they they were like, "Oh, this won't line up anymore." So I guess we gotta announce it now. I I was also wondering if maybe like this, they were building a direct like as this all happened, and like so like maybe there was a direct plan for around direct planned for around this time, and this is what they have that's like edited and ready. So they're like, "Well, let's put this out," and then like we'll have a later direct maybe in late june like maybe you know the direct date would push back a month they're like well you know this is ready let's do something and we'll maybe we'll get like a bigger direct end of june early july that maybe ha- we'll have more details about this and then also like new announcements yeah um yeah because maybe, I, I or maybe they they're trickling that, it all out maybe because i know they said that they're uh they still have a lot of games in the pipeline but the whole work from home thing is making the actual release timelines unpredictable yeah, yeah maybe. hard to tell what's going on nowadays. Yeah. Um, all right. There was one other big game reveal. Uh, we knew about this game already, but they kind of finally gave us the first look on exactly what we're going to be doing, and that's Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Uh, this was a couple hours ago today. We saw was about twenty minutes of eighteen minutes of gameplay yeah, from Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. It looks pretty cool it looks awesome so what i i kind of took away from it is it's it's very breath of the wild inspired so when they were talking about the map design and because it's a big open world mm-hmm. game and when they were like oh you're going to want to explore it's all the map on like because, one island right yeah you're gonna it's yes. on the island of tsushima you're gonna see you know that shima is japanese for island what is there like the a, island of island <laughs> I think I, I was trying to look into it a little earlier, but I feel like Google Translate was uh, throwing me a wrench. And they said so. Two apparently translates to one, but it was capitalized, so I don't know what that means. So hmm. the only thing I can guess is that it means it's ghost of one island or the island, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like one, as in somebody. So yeah. I don't know. 
Um, so they're talking about how you're going to want to explore. Like, there aren't going to be people that say, go here and do this. It, you're going to be walking around. You're going to see smokestacks coming out of a forest. And yeah. If the whole idea is it piques your interest in saying, oh, I should go check out what that is. Or there'll be an animal that's running towards something and you follow it and there's a secret thing there so it's going to be environmental based exploration yeah. as opposed to like people pointing you in the direction which is the game super cool yeah it's really really cool and then they showed a bunch of combat stuff so they kept referring to you can either play as this uh you can be a samurai or you can be the ghost you're the same character his name is Jin, but basically yep. depending on if you play like defensive run in uh, with your sword and just take everyone on face to face that they refer to that as the samurai play style and then you can play the ghost play style which is stealth sneaking around picking people off assassinating people from behind um, which is really cool and they say there's all sorts of abilities and you learn you get new armor and weapons that kind of all cater to a specific play style or you can do like a hybrid of both so that looks really really cool i'm excited about that mm-hmm. um, the world looks so- really really pretty for sure. Dude, I mean, I I feel like at this point we kind of just have to assume that unless it's uh it's obviously not the case. Every game that's announced for this year or that's coming out this year is just it's just gonna look visually breathtaking. Yeah. Every single game, Paper Mario, like Ghost of Tsushima, every game is just. I don't I don't think Ghost of Tsushima visually. looks as good as Final Fantasy VII remake, but it still does look good. I mean, the environments. Yeah. specifically yeah like true. final fantasy was obviously really great uh visually but everything everything has their own unique touch you know that's true um so yeah this just looks like samurai breath of the wild to me what were you gonna say derek uh i was gonna say i it sounded like they actually because they, they, they did that gameplay showcase of like the samurai version of going to the the fort and then the ghost version mm-hmm. but then the, when they were talking about abilities they made it sound like you start the game as a sa- like the samurai and, then, and throughout the course of the game the story and the leveling pushes you into th- becoming the ghost so i, I got i i don't I, I don't know you might have to i might have to rewatch it but it made it seem like the ghost is who you become uh, and see, like so i saw your it, gameplay is going to change yeah i don't i'm not sure i saw it as that they were explaining being like you can choose if you want to take things down stealthily or yeah or like head on um and then if you choose to do like the stealthy stuff you become because people don't they aren't aware of you because you're killing everything without being seen then you become known as the ghost because people can't mm-hmm. they don't see you. whereas if you're just walking up and saying i'm gonna kill you then they refer to you as the samurai um yeah you have to go back in and check that out, but I'm pretty yeah. sure um, it was very much depending they've on how been, you play. They they've been very secretive on like story elements. That's what made me think like they were trying to like not say anything story related because I think I uh, the story is extremely probably important to the the flow of the game. But I'll, yeah, I'll rewatch. I'll try to see if I can find the clip like the clip of where he says like your abilities help you become the ghost okay um because it, he made it seem like uh as you level up you you're becoming the ghost of of Tsushima and like later in the game you have all those abilities to like just stealthily murder everyone whereas in the beginning you have to like fight everyone one on one kind of thing interesting but, yeah i'll have to find yeah, it yeah double check that um 
yeah, before I saw this, I was like, yeah, Samurai game. I'm, I'm sure that'll be cool. But after watching this, I'm like, yeah, Samurai game. I'm full in. Yeah, um, that, I'm the same way. I'm very, it looks so cool. I'm very It does look this very game. cool. I saw him cut off some dude's arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, whoa, this game's real. It, it has. It's literally Breath of the Wild. It has shrines that you go to. There's just yeah. animals wow. and stuff that you follow around. Yeah. Ghost um, of the Wild. Breath of Tsushima. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited for this game. This could easily, if this shakes out with how it's looking, it could easily be a game of the year contender. Yeah. The amount of care and and love that's being poured into this game, I think is pretty evident. Man, it's got everything I love. Samurai. Did you see the, can we talk about the cinema mode? Yeah, that looks really, really cool. Oh, that looks really cool. (laughs) With the black and white. That's awesome. I love how there's no mini map and you basically mm. can figure your way your way around by you set a waypoint and then uh, there's just a button you can click and the wind will blow and you just yeah. have to go in the direction of the wind so it encourages exploration and as opposed to having all sorts of icons popping up around you on the mini map it's just yeah it's visual uh, based exploration so mm-hmm. that's very very cool that's that's really cool um I I was listening to it, uh, you know, to the score with the Oriental Japanese sounds, mm. and I was like, "This is indistinguishable from the Okami soundtrack." Oh, really? <laughs> they sound exactly the same. Yeah, that Japanese folklore. Yeah, uh, I don't like, know. What you know, like basically samurai called. music. You know? Yeah, I don't. I forgot what the Japanese string instrument is called that you hear in all um, the, that type of music. And then they have. Yeah, I don't remember. They have the flutes, like the, the yeah, flutes. yeah. The, what the wood flutes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Japanese string. What do we got? Instrument. Shamisen. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. Ghost of Shamisen. I'm excited about this. It looks really, really yeah. cool. Unfortunately, it comes out a day before I go on vacation, so I won't get to play it <laughs> until I get back. But we'll hopefully. play it for you. No, I'll play it when I get and back. Talk about it. But I'll be able yeah. to focus on on Paper Mario, and then. Yep hopefully beat that and then come back and play ghost of tsushima yes i think uh i think sony is getting better at doing their state of plays Mm, like uh i don't know like i it's been so long since i've seen a standard nintendo direct that i might be wrong on this but i don't so i don't think that they do this explicitly but the way that uh that they were showcasing the gameplay and fact facts about it um by just letting the gameplay play and then when something happens they'll do like a little blurb at the bottom saying like you can do this cool thing yeah i think that's a lot better like show don't tell the classic movie yes. very much yes trope not trope but thing um <laughs> but yeah i like that a lot compared to you know some sometimes nintendo will do it where they just kind of explain it away a lot um i, I don't think... know it was uh, it was more enjoyable to watch i think i might start be starting to like this kind of we're getting 10 to 20 minute focuses on single games as opposed to what e3 is like e3 presentations where they're just throwing all sorts of crap at you like that can be exciting in the moment but getting an in-depth understanding of games uh in smaller chunks yeah it just feels better there's less confusion about like when we saw xbox's um not state of play what was theirs called the, uh, Inside their Xbox. gameplay reveal the yeah trailer. it was just trailer i still trailer have no trailer. idea what's going on with any of those games exactly whereas with this it's kind of like okay here's ghost of shishima well here's what you do here's what it looks like here's how it plays 
here's a couple tidbits at the bottom of the screen. And like, I yeah. understand what that game is, and I'm very excited for it. I'm not excited about a single game they showed over at Xbox. Last yeah, week. I mean, that's kind of how like game releases tend to progress nowadays, right? Is like the initial announcement usually leaves some air of mystery because I don't know, like, when was this announced? Two years ago? Ooh, maybe more. This yeah, I think it was like four years ago. Really? Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So like the fact that we knew nothing about it until a month or two outside of its release, you know? I think there's yeah, been like, like one other gameplay video. <laughs> yeah, and there's that the was one like at E3. Yeah, and the guy E3. came out and uh, yeah. was playing the flute. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that fucking presentation. That was so good. What you thought? Oh, I hated sitting through that. Really? I loved. Yeah. That. I, I guess I just really loved the live music and uh, the, uh, dude, the I willows just blowing in the wind. The, I wanted them to get to it. Give me the games. That's fair. I'll give you that. That was the that was the first Sony presentation I watched at E3. That's oh, when really? I was like, okay, I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna like be a Sony gamer, you know, not just <laughs> no guy. And then they did that shit. And you're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, I sat through the Last of Us thing, and then they like moved venues. Yeah. <laughs> um. All Although, right. I will say at the end of this presentation, when it faded to black, my mind's guttle, guttle, gut response, I cannot speak today. <laughs> my my instinctive reaction was, all right, Smash character? Jin <laughs> <laughs> for Smash? Let's do it. Um, okay, let's talk about triangles. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what? 30 million triangles. <laughs> Three billion triangles. Did you not see the PS5 Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, Andrew? No. Oh, my uh, God. Okay, I'm going to send this to you. Watch it while okay. we're talking. Dude, dude, even I saw that. It is... I heard about it. Insane. How good this looks. So, like, everyone was talking about how when we're going to jump from PS4 to PS5 and then Xbox One to Xbox Series X, the graphics aren't going to be that much better. Mm. Right, don't expect something massive. After you know? seeing this, uh, I disagree. Holy cow. This, this just looks insane. So, it's ridiculous. Yeah, actually holy shit. I don't <laughs> think we'll I don't think we'll see anything using this tech for at least another 2 years. Though. Yeah, it'll be a couple years, but to see that this is what the future is going to be. They were talking about bringing in assets from uh Blockbuster Films. So Yeah. So they could just pull like all of the cool, crazy scenery that they put in the Avengers movie and whatnot, they could throw what about that. The fallen piece of the Death Star. No, shut up. Stop. <laughs> um, there's just, yeah, there's so much that they could just do. Like, everything is going to look so good because movies gotten to the point where most of it's mm -hmm. indistinguishable from real life. Um, they showed off how lighting works in, in Unreal 5. And how it's much more dynamic and they can just put light sources and everything just works off of that individual light source as it has to having to program around it. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Derek? What's, what's your so, thoughts on this? So this what's was, the triangle thing? Uh, yeah. When they, uh, if you notice uh, the first time they do it is around two minutes and 22 seconds. Every, everything's built up of triangles that's what polygons are so oh. if you're looking oh, at anything oh, from n64 God. onwards um it's just a number of triangles yeah so like okay. 64 uh there's like 64 triangles per right uh okay. yeah um so they're talking about how uh, each rock has 
five million triangles. And this entire screen has eight trillion triangles. They're, like, they're <laughs> popping off about triangles. It was really, really funny. There's um, a triangle mode where it shows you all the triangles. That's hilarious. That's going to be yeah, a feature if... in every PS5 game. It's just the triangle mode. <laughs> triangle mode. <laughs> just, if just you hit the triangle the button, it puts it in a triangle mode. Um... So yeah, what what are your thoughts, Derek? You're, I I always w as the tech guy here. I mean, I I've been waiting to like for that 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 yeah that tech demo that says like I I wasn't sure if it was going to be Microsoft or or you know maybe a first party from Sony or something. It makes sense that obviously uh, it's Epic with their Unreal Engine. I completely forgot. Like I didn't even think Unreal Engine four was out yet for some reason. <laughs> really? Is that what? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's been out for years. Uh, but I, I think it's just because, like, back in the, like, late 2000, it was like everything was made with Unreal Engine 3. So, like, anytime you boot up a game, it was, like, made with Unreal Engine 3. Whereas, like, now you barely see, like, the Unreal Engine 4 logo in, like, big, big games because everyone's got their own engine. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, like, they did, basically, I think they did the best job of saying, like, here's how technology has changed at the engine level that's going just to completely change the way games are played and i think the big thing that you talked about is like yeah they can take assets from you know big blockbuster movies which i guess they already kind of do uh with like stuff like i think um uh jedi fallen order did it um and i think maybe like battlefront may do it as well uh because all those star wars assets yeah but but they have to they have to like shrink it down and it's called like mapping or something like like something like that where they have to like shrink it down to make it fit the you know the resolution of, of not the resolution but like to fit the game so it can like actually exist in the game engine and not blow up you know blow up the game whereas now like they've they've gotten rid of that that's it's an entire process that comp- you know game companies have had to do that is now erased so this is obviously like their tech. I'm curious to see what other, like, have any other, um, you know, big company, big game companies, uh, co- like, found stuff like this that they can build. I mean, um, most most have kind of their own engine, I think, usually, and then like maybe they have a physics engine that they like borrow. Whereas, like, I, I think Unreal is an engine and a physics engine. Um, but, and I don't, yeah, this is really exciting. This yeah. is really cool. I was, when I first, uh, like, saw that the video was out, I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be nothing crazy. But it kind of blew me away, honestly, just with how good and fluid everything looks. Um, one thing that I did see that bugged me, and I don't know if they just did it... Uh, as like a troll move but uh, a little bit of the ways into the video the girl in the video does that the thing that we have to deal with in modern games as like a fake loading screen where they shimmy through oh, a very no. yeah. space and i was just like why would you put that in there that's, i i'm that's i'm guessing it is artificial loading uh, you're supposed to be demoing the fact that that's not going to be a thing anymore I'm, so, I'm wondering if they had to put it in just because of the way the tech demo is built, where like, because you know, like that that room she goes into is like insane. Yeah. With with all those statues, yeah. I wonder if like they're really pushing things to the max, where they're like, yeah, we just need this like one loading section so we can load up, because that I think also it has that crazy transition into the outdoors. So I like, I wonder, you know, 
Yeah. Do you so do you think that people are going to push the games in such ways that they're gonna still need those artificial loading screens or do you think there'll be games that were could have been made on the ps4 except for they get rid of all those artificial loading screens and stuff like and like the small hiccups uh or do you think we'll get a bit of both uh i think we'll get a bit of both because i feel like you know like game developers still kind of use those little things also to like break up gameplay set you know gameplay yeah um and i think they they do help for like optimization but i don't know like maybe you know sony did talk about a lot about their their ssd tech in in the ps5 and how like they want to remove basically that kind of stuff so yeah maybe maybe we'll see less of it yeah who knows uh i i didn't consider the fact that things could just get even more pretty uh and then we would still have uh, some slowdown from just general game loading but one final thing that I want to say that doesn't necessarily have to do with the tech demo. It's more of a style thing. Uh, you can see in the thumbnail for this video, I like the way to design this girl with kind of... She doesn't look like incredibly realistic. She has really big eyes and kind of exaggerated features. But I So I feel like games, when they try to make people hyper-realistic, I know uh, The Last of Us Part Two is getting some flack because people think Ellie looks a little weird. Because mm-hmm. um, I think if people commit to mostly realistic with some cartoonish figures, kind of like you'd see in Pixar movies, like Anna and Elsa from that's not Pixar, but Disney, uh, they they look mostly realistic. But obviously, that that's an extreme end because they're very cartoonish. But I think a nice balance. And Final Fantasy VII remake did this very well, where they were hyper realistic, but also stylized and anime ish do you know what i'm getting mm-hmm. at where there's just like this yeah, middle ground where you don't try to make it like a photorealistic human because there will it'll always be kind of weird stylize it in a way where it looks can like it can animate and move yeah. flawlessly and you don't question the animations uh as opposed to trying to convince us that it's a real person you know yeah yeah i get what you're saying i yeah, feel like, like- Video games are aren't supposed to be real life. Yeah, I don't need it to be. I don't need you to try to convince me that this is a real person because I'm invested no matter what. You know, um, that's just a quick little side tangent. I just really like the design of this character, and it would be really cool if we saw her in a game. This game or this tech demo gives off strong Tomb Raider slash Uncharted vibes for sure, with a little mm-hmm. bit of magical flying at the end. Magic. Um, but yeah, looks really cool. All right, that's all I got for news. Anyone have anything they want to add? Um, I think you covered it all. Well, I... nothing uh, big in the grand scheme of things, but for us League of Legends fans, Ooh, yeah. uh, Yamato Cannon just joined Sandbox Gaming as the first Western LCK head coach. Whoa, that's really yeah. big. Oh, Is that bit. like hot off the presses? An hour ago, yeah. Dang, okay. The West so, is invading Korea. One one head coach at a time. <laughs> uh, were you going to say something, Derek? Uh, I was going to say the one thing I think I don't think we we mentioned it, but this this tech demo was part of uh, Jeff Keighley's um, takeover of E3. He's, Wait, was it? He's so yeah. This was part of his Summer Games Fest. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, I think 
because he like did his live stream and they released the video at the same time. So it wasn't like the only place you could, because they go into more de detail, I think, in his video about like yeah. stuff. Um, I didn't watch his video either. I just watched like a YouTube video. But yeah, yeah. this is the first of his Summer Games Fest announcements. Huh. Ah, that's really, yeah. really cool. Well, so I'm sure we'll we'll see uh, some more stuff over the coming the coming weeks. I think June is its technical start, mm. and like this is like a preview. I don't know. I I follow him on Twitter and been getting in a little uh, some stuff here and there. Hmm. Oh yeah, four month no four month long. So it started technically in May. Exciting stuff. Jeff Keighley's yeah. a cool guy. All right, let's take a break. I want to go grab some water, and when we come back, we'll talk about what we've been playing lately. Cool? Sure thing. Sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. All right, what have you guys been playing lately? Anyone got anything? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. You were here last week. I slew the spire. Oh, oh, nice! Congratulations! Who yeah, I beat it, it as the iron, uh, ironclad. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the strategy I ended up going with was I just kept picking up every card I could that gave me strength. Mm. And so on the final Act Three boss, I'm pretty sure my final attack did like 140 something points of damage. Oh, jeez. Huh. That's one because way I do. got that because I got that attack card that uh, multiplies your strength by five. Yeah, that card's really, use really it. good. So yeah, that's how I first slew this buyer. Congratulations. Very Other nice. than that, just been playing some uh, team fight tactics with some friends. That's right. still going on. Cool. Uh, beat uh, Dishonored, working on the DLC there. Definitely want to play Dishonored 2. Other than that, it has not been a very busy week for me. Alright. Uh, Derek, what are you been playing? Um... Uh... So I've been playing, played some more Origins. Um, I can't remember if I, if I, I, I walked to basically like the first city uh, in the game, which is Alexandria. And I was like, it was just like, oh my God, like this, this is crazy. Like I, they, do, they do such a great job with, with the historical cities in the Assassin's Creed franchise. I know Andrew's been playing, playing through one and they have like you know, like the kind of that uh it's like the crusade city you know jerusalem and it's, you um, go to jerusalem damask and yeah uh, and damask. yeah like that's like the architecture is so cool like so i i mean you know you start the game in origins in like some random just egyptian village uh, called siwa and it's kind of just like huts and stuff like that and then as you get kind of into the beginning of the game you get to you go to alexandria and it's just like this crazy like greek architecture everywhere and everyone walking around is greek and you're like holy crap like yeah like th this was part of history like the greeks you know Al alexander the great like you know conqueror of the world and and they built alexandria and it's all like the greek architecture and then in the background like you know miles and miles away you can see the pyramids and i'm like oh i can't wait to like go to giza and and see the pyramids and i'm like looking it's like okay giza's like level 25 to level 30 so i've got a little bit to go, ways to go before i can go down there but uh it it's starting it's it's now feeling like an assassin's creed game like more than ever like i got i got the hidden blade uh, it's yeah 
I'm, I'm really liking it. It's it's definitely hooking me, sucking me in now. Nice. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, I've been talking a lot with Dante about um, rally cars <laughs> and rally stuff. And so I I was like, you know, it's kind of giving me an itch to play some some rally games. So I, I played Dirt 3 <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, and I was thinking about, like, why why do I even like, like, what got me into rally in the first place? And because uh, I love rally games, I have like Dirt Rally, which is like the probably the best rally game ever made. Definitely like more true to the spirit of of rally. Um, and uh, I was thinking like, why? Why? And then I th- remembered I, back on the PS2, I got Gran Turismo Three when it came out. Like someone got it for me for Christmas, um, and I was really bad at it because it was like the first sim racer I'd, I'd ever been exposed to. So like, I like to just drive around and crash into other cars and then like Gran Turismo crashing into other cars is like, not like that's, you're not going to win if you crash into people. Like you got to like know your lines and, and try to pass people at the right sections and stuff like that. Um, and one of the, like the things is like, you have to like earn your licenses throughout the game to like, drive faster and faster cars and so you start off with your like c license i think and i could beat the c license test no problem because i could drive the slow cars but i couldn't beat the other licenses because i was like not good at driving the faster cars but the only other license i could beat was the rally license so i basically played the slow cars or the rally cars and i like the rally cars were so much better than the slow cars so i always just played with the rally cars and did the rally events and like i never experienced like the majority of that game because i just played the rally tracks over and over with <laughs> like the rally cars cool yeah and uh and then valorant which we've been they just had that a nice update that did some balancing stuff and it mm-hmm. oh, i've been loving that game so much yeah i'm i'm really enjoying playing it i know you mean dante we we're all playing last night he was having a bit of a rough time we made we both won both games that we played yeah uh, but he's he's messaging us earlier today saying guys I'm, I'm doing good again i got 24 kills i love we, sova we we played a game right after you left mm-hmm. and um he played i think he played sova and i played uh brimstone and we just destroyed nice because we would just work together and he I, yeah he, that's when he was like oh like oh i think i like sova like i like being able to do the the scouting kind of because he would like scout he would place his arrow down uh, and then I would just flank them from where he like where he shot the the other way that, that he didn't shoot the arrow from because they'd be like oh so it was that way and then I'd come around the corner and be like ha surprise it was awesome yeah surprise. we had a lot of fun yeah I've been really digging playing yeah. Valorant it's a great game I agree I'm still yet to have a positive KDA well you just gotta play with us more hey man invite me I did last <laughs> night I know. <laughs> okay. Going forward. Good. Now that you don't have I'm to glad. wake up at three thirty in the morning, maybe you'll be able to play some games with us. Yeah. Going forward. Maybe we can play a game or two after the podcast. Who knows? I mean with I still go to bed at a bad era. <laughs> I mean, I go to bed uh at a decent hour relative to normal people time, but I still but like relative to when I have to wake up, it's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, not great. Uh, yep. anything else from you, Derek? Uh, nope, nope. Short list this week. All right. You want to go in, yeah. or do you want me to go? Well, pretty short list for me, too, so I'll get mine out of the way. Uh, so I finished playing Assassin's Creed, the first one. Um, thank God. <laughs> uh, so 
I don't want to speak too much on it because uh, my extended thoughts exist in the retrospective review article that I wrote. And if as long as you're listening to this episode after 6 a.m. Eastern time on the 15th, uh, then you can go read it. But fair warning, it's fucking long. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect to put so much there, but uh, Wix estim- estimated it to be like a 22-minute read. Oh, jeez. Um, I decided, like, because I originally was just going to do, like, a light kind of review, but then I decided that if I'm going back and playing all of them, I'm going to really go in depth. So it's going to be a retrospective series uh, on the on all of the games. Um, so I really go in depth in this article, and I put a lot of work into it over the last few days, which is why I didn't play Valorant with you guys. Understandable. Um, I am definitely going to read it because I feel like I have nostalgia classes for this game right now, and I want to I want to hear you tear it apart. Oh, dude, I <laughs> I uh, will uh, brag a little bit. I think I they fucking nailed my article. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of how it turned out, and I'd appreciate it. Nice. And if everyone listening could give it a read. Um, and then, so today I played, uh, an hour of Assassin's Creed 2, and, oh my god, it's already so much better. <laughs> Everything about it is, like, so much more fluid, I'm, like, they just throw you right oh. in. The story stuff is better, it came out in 2009, so the, uh, the character models are still a little shitty, but they're at least an improvement from, from the first one. Uh... Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to the rest of that game. Not only is it a better Assassin's Creed game, but it's just a better video game. <laughs> like, there's already so much more implemented. There's, like, you know, customization options with equipable things, and, like, there's a currency that you can use to do things. And, yeah, so far, I, like, I, I've barely even scratched the surface with it, but I'm already enjoying it a lot more. Nice. Um, other than that, I have not played anything. So go ahead, Jeff. All right. Uh, so I, uh, ended up holding up what I said I was going to do after my top five games episode. I brought my Game Boy Advance SP to work and I've been playing Final Fantasy Tactics Advance at lunch and (laughs) I love that game. I've been going through the strategy guide. (laughs) One of the bad things about that game is it doesn't tell you stats for items, which is a big pain in the butt. You have to, it's a long convoluted way to figure out what the attack on a sword is or if an item gives you higher magic resist or physical resist does it give you immunity to this like no, it doesn't tell you any of that unless you like really go digging through the menu so having the strategy guide there is actually amazing i've been really enjoying that um so yeah i've been enjoying doing that i think i'm only like a couple hours in because i can only play for half hour at a time every day um i've been doing pretty decent at some online smash recently i re kind of reanalyzed my play style and have been more patient Every once in a while, I get absolutely bopped by someone. I had a Rosalina three-stock me earlier today, and I was I, zero to death me, and then proceeded to three-stock me. I was just like, okay, huh. I don't know what just happened. Um, I got to gold four in League, so I'm done playing League of Legends for the rest of the year competitively. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dream, J- baby. Shout out to JP for dragging my ass into gold because the last five or six games that we played, I did terrible in. Um, <laughs> But the big thing that I started for the first time is Persona 5 Royal. I've been waiting for you to say those words. I have started Persona 5 Royal. I'm about four or five hours in right now. So I feel like I haven't really done anything, especially in the last hour and a half, two hours. I haven't fought any battles. Takes Uh, a little while to get going. But yeah, I'm still really enjoying it and want to keep going back because the story and the characters are really interesting so far. Um. But yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping it opens up more and like I'm actually 
fighting in battles and like leveling characters up and you know doing it does okay good because it places it places a lot of emphasis on the narrative in the opening hours so it doesn't really open up the the you know entire game loop uh until you're like probably 10 or so hours in okay um yeah that's a that's a big ask but classic jrpg story but uh, luckily, I'm finding myself so engaged with what's going on that I want to keep playing. If this was a game where like the story and characters were interesting, it, I think it would have been a disaster because people would have dropped off so quickly. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it more, and that's really all I have to say about it right now. Because I don't, I I've only played like five hours. Can't but wait. Yeah, I'll I'll give updates as I play that more and more. We'll see how long it takes me to beat. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, really. Nothing crazy. Persona 5 is a big one. I've kind of fallen off Gears Tactics. I didn't once think about playing it in the last week. And I realized, yeah. And I only played maybe six or so hours of that game. Did first handful of missions. And it's just, it's just fine, I think, is my big issue. The characters, like I was just saying about Persona, the characters and story in Persona is really interesting, whereas the characters and story in Gears is not interesting. And I don't know if the game, the gameplay is fine. I don't think it's strong enough to make me want to go back. Uh, so we'll do see you, if I ever open it. I, I have a feeling that I won't. It's just like, I don't even think about it. Do you think that the fact that you started playing uh, Tactics Advanced is maybe scratching your tactics itch? So I you're think... just like, but yeah i think that's a big part of it because i i it's a much better tactics game and yeah i don't know if playing two tactics games at the same time is like i don't know why would i play one when i'm playing one of my favorites of all time right right (laughs) yeah and the other one is just okay so Hmm. i think that's probably part of it and i have no affection for the gears of war universe whatsoever i think it's very mediocre and whatever so um all right, yeah, that's it for me. Derek, we want to take over this this dinosaur train that we're on. And uh, I don't know why I said dinosaur train. That why not? Always, so always stuck in so my now head. we can have an episode titled Baby. No, nah, I already have one. Don't you worry. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but yeah, take control of this and tell us about your top five video games of all time. I'm going to yeah. lean back in my chair. All right. So, yeah, to start off, uh, this was a tough ask right um, it's not easy i, I th- yeah i thought i knew and uh you're gonna you're gonna see some some new information uh like some surprises in my top five i think uh um, i'm excited so like obviously back you know when i first came on you, you asked about like a favorite game of all time and and like on the spot, I gave an answer, and I hadn't really thought about like favorite games a ton since then. I mean, we did favorite games of the decade, but that wasn't you know that was just the decade. That was kind of an easy thing to I think to figure out. But so I I just made a big list of games that I remember enjoying on every single console I've ever owned. So and I didn't even get to like handheld. <laughs> <laughs> uh and stuff because i was like i know those i know like stuff like the pokemon games and and handheld versions of games aren't they're not like i don't think they're my favorite of of all time mm. uh some of them like i know i really love but they're definitely not in that list so i have like some pretty big lists my i think my longest is xbox 360 i did play a lot of 360 games 
Um, and a lot of them are, were games I really, really did love. I think PS3 is right after that. Like, I, play, I played a lot of video games in that generation. Um, but yeah, so I, I did what you kind of did, Jeff, where I would, like I picked out some games and threw them in a list and, and started saying, okay, do I like this more than this? And do I like this more than this? And I think I swapped some things like eight times before I <laughs> ended up like finding a solid spot for it. At the last minute, I threw, I, I think like yesterday, I removed a game and threw a different game in because I was like, why isn't this on my list? <laughs> uh, but I have a definitive top five and I've narrowed down a pretty solid, I think, top 20. Oh, wow. Uh, you went so, really into it. Yeah, at the end when I say uh, I couldn't I couldn't go top seventeen. That was like two of a strange number. I needed to round it out to a twenty. Is seventeen what you had, and then you added more. Well, seventeen was what you had last week, right? That was yeah, your list was I seventeen long. I didn't intentionally choose seventeen. I just I wrote down games that I knew were some of my favorites of all time. Yeah, and it, and just, it just happened, happened to be seventeen. 17. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said I can't. I have to ha- at least have twenty. <laughs> okay, that's uh, fair so enough. It is. So, uh, frozen pizza instructions back in the day <laughs> remember that jeff no, uh in my brother's cookbook it was the vanas family cookbook yeah the one my brother made oh did he yeah i thought it was more of a collaborative thing no he organized it he like went oh. to each person took all the pictures yeah my brother did all that there's a picture of me in there i have zero memory of that happening yeah uh <laughs> so it was a, a family cookbook that my brother was making he would go around to each member of the family or each household in the family and say what's your signature recipe uh, he would take pictures of them making it and like had them write out the recipe and whatnot. And so mine was just uh, <laughs> it was a frozen pizza, but I went into like very long details about uh, like the proper way to undo the packaging yeah. and, and like, that classic, like, <laughs> high school college Jeff embellishment. Yeah, it was real good. Um, anyways, Derek, continue. that's pretty cool. Any, uh, any, but t- step ten was can't end on nine steps. Too out of a number. Did I really do that? Yeah, that was that was my that was the point of people. That was the point oh, of that. I didn't I didn't even remember doing that. <laughs> All right. Anyways, go ahead, Derek. Uh, okay. So yeah, so I'll I'll go the, I'll go at the end. I'll run through my my top twenty real quick. Uh, but so yeah, I guess I'll start with with number five. And this one's gonna be, I think, a bit of a shock. My number five is the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Oh, my original number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is low. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but I mean, so in in compare, I I was thinking this immediately when you talked about Final Fantasy Tactics uh, Advance last week. Uh, the one strategy guide I still own is is Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. Nice. It's, it's sitting in my uh, cabinet my office cabinet like right next to me right now in a in a folder uh, i believe i used it here and there um when i played wind waker hd when it came <laughs> out uh because it you know it's the same game yeah um but uh, yeah this game it was uh, i you know i talked about it before it was like the first i think like real like game i ever really dove into and played a ton of and like really got something out of the story and uh like when i finished the game i autom- i just immediately wanted to play it again uh even though the only difference was instead you were wearing a lobster shirt it was 100 percent the reason why i played it again um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i and i it's just the structure of the game i think the fact that it's just like a little bit more of an open world than other 
Zelda games, uh, besides Breath of the Wild, obviously, that that makes me uh, like it even more. Just just like the the exploration of the the Great Sea while you're out on your ship, and um, I you know I love the the mechanic of you know you controlled the wind, and that's how you got around places, and uh, the I feel like every dungeon in that game is is memorable. Um, you know, the first on on Dragon Roost and and going up to fight Valu. Uh, Valu is just like this. He's uh, well, no, you don't fight Valu. Sorry, you fight Valu's so, yeah, like the boss is is literally like you know the magma monster thing, and then like you're like throwing your grapple hook to to pull Valu down on top of him and. Uh, yeah, I I love the dungeon design in in this game, and I think I think it has my some of my favorite. Like I think the Tower of the Gods is one of my favorite dungeons in Ooh, Zelda. Yeah, that one's really, really uh, just cool. like aesthetically, and um, right, you get the you're controlling the 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 statues. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the 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 boss. It's it's like I feel like now every Zelda game has Andros? a what? Said Andros? Yeah, it kind of looks like Andros. Like <laughs> stereotypical it's a... Zelda hand yeah. with an eyeball in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. face with face with two hands beside it that fly around. Yeah. Um. But uh, I like I remember. I thought I had beat the game when I beat him, I was like, yeah, I did it. I beat the game. And then it's like, no, you have to go down and get the master sword. And then you've got to repower the master sword. It was like, oh my God, there's so much more you young fool. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Um, I do remember being extremely frustrated by the mechanic of having to uh, decipher the Triforce charts. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's, that's, decision. that's the number one um, worst decision in uh, a lot of the Zelda games. It's, it's really bad. So interesting fact: before the American release, they trimmed it down. For the Japanese release, that that segment is longer. Wait, what? really? Yeah. Well, isn't geez. that because that sucks? I so. I, because I was like doing, I was like reading up on some interesting facts on the games and stuff. And an- another one was originally there were supposed to be another two dungeons in that place, but they couldn't finish them in time. So they, I think they ended up in Twilight Princess, hmm. uh, like somewhat changed, obviously very changed versions of them. But yeah, they ended up in Twilight Princess, and they just made that Triforce chart thing. And I was like, well, that I would have rather had. You delay the game and make two more dungeons. Yeah, right. Especially Twilight Princess dungeons are really good. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I. And then you know the final the final battle against Ganon. I that, I think that was the Dude. first time in a game that I like really felt like I. You know, like the impact of of killing yeah. Ganon. Mm. Easily one of my favorite final bosses of any video game. Yeah. Oh, you, you do the the roll move around his back and then Dude. just right in the head. Mm-hmm. As a like head on. what Apply like ten year old, I was my mind was blown. So was Ganon's. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I if I would always recommend this game as like the Zelda to play out of all of them. Uh, 
just the art style is so great. Uh, yeah, the dungeon design, they're not too complex. They're not too easy. They they all like look and feel great. I feel like they're all like their own great experiences. Um, the you know you have the two uh, escort quests that like aren't really escort quests, and they actually like are involved in the the gameplay. Uh, solving, yeah, yeah, bro. Ah, uh, completely. I think deserves number five on my list. Yeah, I think it was three on my list, right? Pretty sure. Something like that. Yeah, it was. Up it, there. it was on there. Yeah, good stuff. All right, cool. All right, number four. God of War. Ooh. The, the new okay. one. The new yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I respect right, nice. that. That's such a good uh, game. Yeah, I had it higher at one point, but I ended up moving it down. I think, but. Uh, it it's definitely one of the the greatest games of all time. I'll say mm. it blows the other three out of the water. I mean, God of War one, two, and three are incredibly good games. Like God of War three for its time is a really really great game. But this just like it took you know the the core gameplay, the core ideas they had, and just like completely expanded on them and, and like in every way possible i mean you know the combat is is slower and more precise but it still feels like god of war um i know i don't think you, you guys haven't played the the original trilogy right i have not i've played none of them yeah, about so, like the the combo system uh you know like you know they're hack and slashes you're just slicing around and doing crazy combos to like kill stuff and then eventually you do like a little QTE to maybe kill like a, a bigger uh, bigger enemy or whatever and like the the fluidity of the axe and throwing the axe and having it come back and like taking on other enemies just fits so well to the to like God of War the, like the God of War games and feels like really the next evolution of that, that combat, like, you know, pulling the camera down close to Kratos, making the, it, it's a little slower, but it's still so fluid. You know, you can still like pull off really cool, crazy combos to like nail, you know, to kill every enemy in the, in the encounter. Um, and then eventually when you do get his blades of chaos again, oh. it's like, Oh, oh. Man, I didn't know that, We're that back. happens and yeah. what it does. I, I have no nostalgia for the original games, but I just like it. Still felt like a really important moment. To yeah, me in a, a, yeah, it excited me. So, yes, yeah. When that happened, I my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my god. I oh, I remember that was like the uh, shit's real moment. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I remember going in to the game like being like you know. Like I wish he still had his classic blades. Like those things were so cool, and the combat was so fun. Like it's just like a cool, you know, such a cool idea. I don't know. He's got chains wrapped around his arm. He's flinging blades around. <laughs> like, and I was like, you know, but the Leviathan axe. Like this is actually really fun. And then, yeah, when he pulls him out, I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is gonna be awesome. Did, uh, but, have I ever told the story? Did you guys go back after you beat the game? You can still run around and do stuff in the mm -hmm. first game. Did mm -hmm. you ever go back to Kratos's house? Uh, I don't think so. Oh my god, so bro! There's a final cutscene at the end of that game. If you go back to Kratos's house, 
Have you uh-huh. not have you not seen that cutscene, Derek? Wait, is it the 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 Thor cutscene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I have seen that. So yeah, I have a story where I was playing it. I was been talking to my friend, a uh, friend of the show, Nick Finaco. He's been on, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I'd been talking to him as I was playing it. And I was like, "Yeah, I just beat it. It was great." He's like, "Did you go back to Kratos' house?" And I said to him, "No, I'm I'm really tired. Um, I might do it later." He this was like ten thirty, eleven at night. He called me, and he said, "You need to get up." And get out of bed and go to Kratos' house right now. And I said, okay, sure, whatever you say, Nick. And I did it, and I was like, holy shit, that blew my mind. It's like one of the greatest teases to the next game in a series possibly ever. It Mm -hmm. it got me more hyped than anything like leading up to a future game. Yeah, that was so cool. Uh, It's just a that's one of my most favorite moment memories of that game yeah that yeah that was uh, yeah definitely makes you even more excited for a sequel like knowing like yeah okay like shit's gonna go down like uh right the, the game ends and it's it's the long winter's about to start which is like the first inklings of ragnarok mm. and then yeah all of a sudden now thor's like oh <laughs> And you find out about uh, Atreus's like backstory and like who he actually is. Oh yeah. Oh man. But I would so like we we know from from Avengers. We sure do. That that Loki is the son of of Odin and a frost giant. Mm. But uh, spoilers for God of War. If you haven't played it yet, God of War, the new one, uh, Atreus's name given to him by his mother is Loki. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that God of War is different because God, Loki, uh, Atreus's father, instead of being Loki's father being Odin, Loki's father is Kratos, the God of War. Yes. So, like, that has even, like, huger implications. Because, like, yes. yeah, Odin's, like, a bad guy, kind of. But he's, I don't know, he's also, like, Odin. But, like, Kratos, Kratos is, like, the fucking Greek god of war now. And yeah. he got there by killing the actual god of war. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is the Greek <laughs> god of war who is now fucking up all of the Norse gods. It's, yeah, man. so, oh, like, this is even so cool. crazier. Oh, yeah version of loki yeah it's I'm, like <laughs> it's like rated m for mature rick riordan stuff i'm very yeah, exactly. excited for the, the future of that series yeah and yeah. i i didn't i didn't i didn't appreciate this enough at at the time but uh so I, yeah i was looking up stuff about the game i didn't know it's one continuous shot oh you didn't yeah. know that that's what that my, was one of the drawing things for me that was one of my favorite parts that you, there's not a single cut in that game yeah I just I don't think I noticed it at the time, like while playing. And that's and why I was it like, worked so seamlessly. It's yeah, amazing. I was like thinking about it. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. Like, y- there's no when the cutscenes, everything transitions right into the cutscene. Like yeah. the camera, to, you know, it's that's really cool and definitely makes that game even more like immersive and storytelling. And like, yeah, yeah. I I would love to see that used in more games. I know. I think there's one other game that does it. I guess it's uh, and I think it's on our it's on our list. I think of games to play, or maybe our potential list. Uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Hellblade did that. That one. Yeah. Uh, that one's not in the pool yet, but it's not in the pool yet. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, like, that they also do a, a long. It's one shot 
Yeah. Uh, and they were, I guess they were in development at the same time. And oh. Senua's came out like a couple months before God of War. Really? Um, but yeah, it, that's that's like, it's, it, this, it's a great game as a physical game, but it's also an incredible story as like a piece of media and a, a, like a story, like, that's, you know, it's why I always say like, I think video games are like the greatest, you know, piece of interactive media because you can't tell a story like this in a movie that's mm-hmm. as grabbing, I think. Like you can tell us, you know, like movies obviously do their, good movies do it well, but like video games just do it better in so many ways. Yeah, because at a certain point, you're the one who's doing it. You're in control of certain things. Yeah, you embody right. the character more in a video game than you would in a movie. Right, right. And it's just, you can you can tell the story just a little, I don't know, a little differently. I don't know. I, it's There's a different feeling I get inside when I'm playing a game that has a really, really good story and like when that. I'm watching a movie that has a really good story. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that game. <sighs> Make it, it just makes me, I want, now makes, I want to like go back and play yeah, it. Yeah, it makes me want to go replay it. You guys talk about this game so positively. I, I want to go buy a system just to play it. You can it's get worth PS4's it. It's pretty cheap these days, Adam. Plus, there's that's not the only game on there you'll have access to. That is very, yeah. very, that is very true. true. I've been loving having a PS4. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if... if Either um, Last of Us Two or Ghosts of uh, Tsushima can replace it as the best PlayStation Four exclusive game because I don't know if they can. Uh, a lot of don't a lot of people say that it's Bloodborne. I don't know. That's a good question, Andrew. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll hear more about it. Maybe uh-huh. I should say the second best PlayStation yeah, game. I was, I was gonna say that, no, that excludes the Last of Us being on the top, Bloodborne, but I don't think that's very true. All right, bring us on to your next one. What's your number three? All right. Uh, so I don't think we've ever talked about this game on the podcast ever. And uh, this was one of the first games that came to mind actually when I was like redoing my my favorites of all time uh and it's dead space oh did any, okay. did any of you guys play dead space i have nah. never played dead space yeah never got to that one so jeff you talked about uh the last of us being like your favorite resident evil game uh-huh. of all time yeah. uh i think that dead space is probably the best Resident Evil game of all time. <laughs> okay. You have, so you that, have that's the interest. one with the... That's Space Zombies, right? Yes. Yeah, the Necromorphs. Right, right. I think I read I think I think read that in Game Informer at one point. Okay, that's where I first saw that. Yeah, like, read about it back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, so, so Dead Space, for people who don't... Who may not know, is you play as um, Isaac Clarke. Uh, he's the main character, and the whole thing is you're going uh, with your crew to a abandoned ship that it's called. It's a planet cracker. Cracker. It's a USS Ishimura, um, and something went wrong, and you're like going down to investigate. And it turns out there's these alien necromorphs uh, that have taken over the ship, and you have to kill them all to like get off the ship uh, that's a really basic overview um mm-hmm. but 
the coolest thing about it is I think just like the environment and the the story and the way it all like gets put together. So like you're you, you like Isaac Clark isn't he's not a military guy, you know, he he's not uh a soldier or anything like that. So like he's not using guns to to destroy them necromorphs he's using like refitted tools so like all the tools in the game are like uh like you see it's it's funny because you like see throughout the game you see the gun that you use being used for like an actual thing maybe like the main gun Isn't it like a mining gun you like use it to like mine minerals and stuff like that Right, yeah, so there's, like, a couple, there's, like, the plasma cutter's, like, the first weapon you get, and I think you see the plasma cutter one point, uh, in one point as, like, something that's, like, cut, it's, like, on a, a surgery table. <laughs> like, being used to, like, cut stuff. Um, but, so, like, that, like, the whole basic uh, gimmick of the game is you have to cut the limbs off of the enemies to, like, stop them. So, uh, like, not, unlike, uh, you know, traditional zombie games where, like, usually a, a shot in the head puts them down shooting in the these guys in the head does nothing you have to chop off their arms and legs and then stomp on them to make sure they're dead (laughs) oh jeez. uh so yeah i I, like i always loved it because it's like it's a great feeling like being in a really tense moment and like knowing oh if i shoot his legs off right now like i can i have a second to breathe but like i've got to place my shots correctly and it's it's so satisfying when you do and it's just one shot and like the leg comes clean off and then you like aim at the other leg and and then it starts crawling towards you and like you're like okay one at the other uh, two arms and then it's down and then i don't have to worry about it um there are like other guns you get in the end there's yeah there's like a mining rifle that's like technically used for mining you know rock but you're, you're using it to chop off you know shoot alien necromorph things um <laughs> I was gonna say so yeah. So the the big the big draw for me in this game is is the way they do the environment, the way they kind of like instill like this dr- sense of fear and dread uh, in the game. Like most horror games, like you don't have a lot of ammo, so that's why like you got to be creative about how you take them down. And um, there's like some jump scares here and there, uh, but they're not like I don't know. They don't feel like you know gimmicky jump scares where you're like oh like yeah if i walk around this corner something's gonna pop out at me kind of thing it's more like uh i don't know they kind of fit it into the game really well um the the coolest thing one of the coolest things is that there's no hud in the game uh i think this this is one of kind of like the first uh third person shooter kind of games i've seen where the, you don't have a, a heads-up display that shows like your ammo and your health and everything. Everything's on uh, the main character's suit. So like down the down his spine is like his health indica- indicator. Like when you aim the weapon, a little number, like holographic number, pops up over the the gun to show like, hey, this has got four shots left or five shots. Um, your stasis meter, which is like what you use to like stop objects. Uh, is like a little dial on the back. Um, it's it's really cool. Uh, when you like lose your way, uh, there's like a little holographic line that shows up that like shows you. Oh, okay, yeah, this is the waypoint. So it's it's it was definitely immersive uh, for 
for I think it's time. I mean, it came. You know, it was one of the probably like 2006, 2007. It came out. I think it came out 2008. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, early early Xbox 360 title. Um. What else can I say about Dead Space? Dead Space Two is an incredible sequel. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the original. I think the, it's a little more actiony, uh, but it's great sequel, great game. The third one is still a great game, but not as good as the other two, and is a little more actiony. Um, that's when EA started going weird, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, they started making weird decisions. I would be down to put this in our book cl- uh, video game club list. I I say I. It. I believe it's on PC. It's on Steam. It's twenty yeah. bucks. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if you yeah. want to throw it in there, throw it in the list. Sweet. I think this would be I really definitely, fun. I've always wanted to play it. Yeah. After thinking about it so much, I'm like, I need to play it again. <laughs> yeah. I would totally be down for that. Cool. Yeah. We should do it. We should add it. Cool. Absolutely. Done. Hopefully nobody gets too scared. Because it's scary. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I'm planning on playing Resident Evil 7 in VR pretty soon. Oh, God. I could. Oh, you poor man. Yeah, that'll be a woof. Oh, man. Dead Space would be such a cool VR game. Ooh, that would be cool. They actually, they did make like a weird Wii game that I think was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. I think it was like Dead Space Extraction or something like that. And it was like an Unreal shooter. That would make a cool VR game, I think. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's all I've got on Dead Space. Go play it. If you've never played it before, go play it. <laughs> well, it's in our list now, so. All right. That was number three. On to number two. Um, so my number two of all time, this was a chef choice uh, between Dead Space and this game as my number two. Uh, I ended up putting this one ahead. Um, is... Destiny. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, with all its flaws and its up and downs, I've never been so like. It's, this is one of the few games that has just grabbed me so hard that I like have just fallen in love with like every aspect of it, um, or most aspects of it, I should say. Um, so. For those who don't know Destiny, it's a first-person shooter where you are a space wizard magic <laughs> thing. Space wizard magic, of course. You you have like abilities uh, mm-hmm. and stuff, and there's like there's three different classes, um, and it's basically some kind of magical alien came to Earth and gave certain people the, these abilities. And now it's your job to protect Earth and from the enemies of Earth around it. And so uh, it's kind of like a crazy far in the future story where humans had their golden age and they were prosperous. And then these aliens came and, like, you know, killed us. And then this thing showed up and said, no, you can still live. And now there's like one last city on earth and the guardians is what you are you're a guardian protect the last city and now you go out and you fight the aliens that's a really low level or high level explanation of of destiny 
Uh, I guess there are a lot of things that like, I, like people know, like Destiny wasn't perfect when it came out. Um, but there are a lot of things it did right. Uh, one is, I think it's one of the best first-person shooters of all time when it comes to gunplay. Um, shooting and firing and playing this game feels incredible. Uh, Bungie's just, like, really good. I mean, you know, they made Halo, which is also, I think, one of the best shooters out there. Uh, they're just really good at making guns feel good and really good at making playing first-person shooters feel really good. Uh, the movement, everything about the game just is awesome. Using your abilities feels really good. Um, the game, like gameplay just feels great. Uh, I don't really know how else to describe it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I sometimes things can feel clunky, and like you try to do something, and it doesn't quite do what you feel like it should do. And in Destiny, everything does what you feel like it should do. Um, the music is incredible. The soundtrack for this game and its subsequent sequel uh, is incredible. Uh, the original was done by uh, Marty O'Donnell, who did the Halo soundtracks, which is, I think were kind of one of the first video game soundtracks to like really blow up. Like Everyone knows, I think, the Halo theme song. <laughs> Yeah, everyone chants it in their yeah. uh, high school bathroom. <laughs> Not me. Um, uh, and then after Mar Marty O'Donnell left, uh, Michael Salvatore, who has done a ton of other games, I think, too, he's continued on and kind of just, I think, gotten better as a composer and continues to like create really, really good music for this game. Um, it... It sounds a lot like it just it, it, the music captures the sci-fi feel really well. Uh, it captures the kind of spirit of adventure that this game kind of gives you, like exploring, uh, you know, traveling to new planets and stuff like that. Like it, it's a little you know. It, it sometimes it sounds similar to Halo, and then like the key or you know, the music changes just a little bit, and you're like, oh no, this is more uh adventurous and and like more about exploration i don't know the the music really really gets you um what else did they do really well uh the raids uh the raids in destiny are incredible and there's nothing like them in all of gaming uh i think other fps rpgs have tried to capture this i think like the division has tried, uh, but no one can like. They're just not good. <laughs> uh, but the Destiny raids are are awesome. Um, I think my first clear of King's Fall, which is uh, the second, the third raid that came out in Destiny for the for the first first expansion, is one of my favorite gaming memories of all time. Um, there's just like nothing quite like overcoming. Uh, the challenges that you face, figuring out um, the the boss mechanics, and then getting like that clutch last moment kill before just before you're about to wipe someone is still alive, and they just they just do enough damage to kill the boss, and you're like, oh, like it's just such a uh, such a great feeling. I no, nothing else in gaming has quite captured it, I think, for me. Um, that 
uh, it like I think it's one of the things that keeps me coming back to this game um, is there's so much, just nothing else quite feels like it. Um, what else? Uh, the original story is terrible. Uh, they <laughs> it's it's a convoluted mess um, because the game was the game story was rebooted I think a year after before it was supposed to release. Uh, but the lore hidden in all the nooks and crannies of this game is incredible. Um, I own two physical copies of what's called the the Destiny Grimoire, which is basically like the the lore books, and they some of the stuff is so so cool. Uh, there's this section called the Book of Sorrow, which details um, the basic like how. Um, Oryx, one of the main villains from the first expansion, uh, the Taken King, kind of like comes to power, and and what what life was like for like this alien species that he's a part of in the early days, and it's really really cool uh, to kind of like just it's just like I love like lore is really cool. I mean I love like Star Wars because uh, you can go deep into the lore and like find out all these crazy things and facts, and it like kind of all comes together. And the fact that like Destiny has such a deep and crazy lore is so cool. And I wish they could just figure out how to tell <laughs> a story. <correctly. laughs> uh, playing, th- I mean, playing through the first game was the first time with, uh, I played through it with Dante and Kyle, uh, my friends. We played it the whole campaign together. Uh, was like an s- awesome experience. Just as like a co-op game, it was such a cool experience. And then the fact that um, we could then go and like do larger activities together uh like i dante and i did our first like did the first raid first time i raided was with dante um i think they the yeah they're really good the game has had some really cool uh like game mechanics introduced to like create fun boss fights um the second game is really good too but it's just been crazy wave of questionable decision great decision questionable decision great decision that's made like i i would have put destiny 2 on here uh if it hadn't had such a rocky road that it's had um it started off terrible like worse than the first game started off and then got really really good and then now is in like this really weird spot where there's like kind of stuff to do but not really stuff to do i i, I could talk destiny could be a whole podcast episode to talk about what <laughs> all the weird stuff that goes on with this game and why it's in such a weird spot but like how you somehow are still excited for what they might do next <laughs> um yeah uh i really like this game and i've been i wish i had more people to play it with because it's such a great like friendship experience but it's such a hard it's it is it's a commitment i think like mmos and it's like that's it's a tough thing to get like to have people that want to commit to a game for a long life cycle i mean like i i always think about like like jeff and you guys you guys have all played league i think forever but like league is an easy game kind of to commit to because it all it is is playing league like there's just yeah you, the, just, you can play a game you, and then put it down and yeah. play for a month and that's mm-hmm. fine but if you do that with destiny or an mmo you're gonna fall behind and right there's always on all sorts of content content to consume and so it has to like i i finally put it down after playing it i think for like two years like 
almost almost every day maybe like i at least played uh several times a week um and a couple maybe beginning of february i stopped playing it like altogether just because this was this, destiny 2 yeah destiny 2 the current season is just like not not great their season model is not great and they've already talked about like they're going to fix it next year so i'm excited for the next year of destiny or the next expansion but right now i'm like you know what i can take take a break and i guess it's one of those games too where i feel like yeah i feel okay taking a break because i know when i come back there'll be like more content and more stuff for me to do and i'll fall in love with it again hmm. so i i wish there was a way to still play the original in its original state i mean i guess that's why they made wow classic because people really like they hunkering for that that feeling they had when they first played wow and i'm really hankering for that feeling i had when i first played destiny yeah is there no way to play destiny one did they like take the servers down no you, you can play it but it's it's the the iterations of the game have gone so like it's basically forever in one state now which is called the i think it's called the age of triumph state so like all the rate everything's brought up to the top highest levels which is great so you can actually kind of you could go in and do anything but i don't know it's just it's i guess it's not the same yeah to to get someone there you would have to convince them to buy the game and then basically play the game by themselves for like a hundred hours so that huh. you could, a... he could they could then join you to do a raid yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> not not great uh yeah so that's my number two nice destiny Destiny One, Destiny One, Destiny One. All right, the Big Kahuna. There it is. Moment of truth. The my favorite game of all time is Bloodborne. Yeah. Ah, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I have some, I have some, some clips, uh, some sound clips I want to share at some point. Uh, but, uh. This was a so this is the first Soulsborne game I ever played, um, and I don't like. How do you how do you talk about this game? <laughs> I don't know. How do you talk about it? It's set Probably in with your mouth. this like <laughs> gothic city called Yarnum. And, like, the first thing you do in the game is you wake up and uh, you your character has, like, had his blood stolen, I think? Yeah. I'm not quite exactly sure. But you're in this, like, creepy, like, clearly, like, disgusting medical room where, like, everything's, like, steel and rusty. And, like, you know that's not a clean place. Like, this is... <laughs> Yeah, you know this is like a weird, uncomfortable place that you would never want to be in as a human being. Uh, so you leave, and you walk down the stairs, and then you get attacked by a werewolf. And if you somehow defeat the werewolf, awesome. Great. You're probably going to be pretty good at this game. But if you're like me, you immediately die. <laughs> um, and you get brought to the Hunter's Dream. And it's like this little house on uh on like a brick path and there's this creepy looking doll sitting there and like this is how you level up and you're like what the fuck and then there's this like old guy in a wheelchair and he's like 
yeah, you have to go on the hunt. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm going back in. So you go back in. And this time, because you get a weapon, you, oh, you grab a weapon. And you're like, you beat the wolf. And you're like, okay. And you walk out and you opens up into this crazy gothic city of Yarnum. And it's it's just like stunning. It's stunningly creepy. Uh, it's so beautiful that it scares you. Um, I almost didn't want to play the game because I was afraid of what I would, you know, like afraid of what I would find here. Uh, but you're so compelled by the mystery of like what could what is awaiting you further on to the city that you you keep playing. Um, and so you, it's it's a Soulsborne, so it's punishingly difficult. Engaging one or more enemies at a time is extremely difficult. Um, until you like master the gameplay. So a lot of it is spent, a lot of your first few hours is spent learning uh, enemy routes. Where do they go when? Uh, when do they split up from each other? And you say, okay, and you start taking them down one at a time. And then you get to the next area and you're like, okay, there's like five guys here. I've got to figure out how to get them. And you die a few times, but eventually you you nail it down. It's like the game is all about re- repetition. You, you do it so often that you know exactly how to fight these people. You know you know it so well that you know exactly how to run past them. So you don't have to fight them. Uh, it's it's such an interesting gameplay loop that relies on dying over and over and over again. It relies on banging your head against the wall until you learn that the wall is actually a weak spot and if you hit the wall in the lowest brick it collapses or something you know it's like uh so the moment this game changed for me was when i eventually found the first boss uh and this is when the game like truly truly clicked for me so i'm gonna set the stage here so you've gotten lost for a little bit but eventually you find your way up onto this bridge that kind of is over the where the dwellings where you've been and you walk along the end of this bridge and it feels like you're getting somewhere. Uh, it feels like you're, you're kind of hitting a goal that you should be hit getting to. And uh, this giant monstrosity is there and you have to fight it. Um, and this is the music that plays. This is what, yeah, this is the music that plays while you're fighting it. And this is the first boss of the game. I'm going to like, the first boss. All right. Did not like that. <laughs> that I, was terrifying. Uh, that filled me with dread. Yes, I got tingles, and I had the urge to look over to my shoulder to make sure nothing was there. The the combination between the this game's atmosphere and soundtrack, and just the pure monstrosities that are some of the bosses, makes these boss fights. Some of like the stress, most stressful things I've ever tried to do, uh, because you're 
you're hearing this thing scream at you in that blood curling scream. You're listening to the strings ramping up and you're like, I just need to dodge and try to hit his legs. <laughs> but your, your hands are sweating because like you've died 12 times before and you have him down to a slither of health. And uh, it's, there's such a it, adrenaline rush. Um, yeah, such a mix of feelings. Uh, you're scared. You're excited. You're, you know, you're trying, you're determined, trying to beat this, and... He's weak, hands sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first time, like, the, when I beat this boss the first time, I, uh, was in, I was in college, and, like, my roommate, I came out of my room, and my roommates were, like, concerned, and I was like, <laughs> I, I'm just playing this game, and it's like, I'm so scared, <laughs> But I did it. I like I, I defeated it, and because they could like hear the music and the scream. <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings about trying this game out. Oh, <laughs> uh, it like once you learn it and uh, know how to, like know, yeah. It's once you get hooked. It's it's the mystery. It's what this knowing that how much this what this game is going to show you. I guess like where it's going to lead you. The the adventure it's going to take you on despite how how creepy and weird it is it just it, it just grabs you um when, once you learn that uh, a lot of the bosses have limbs that you can like hit a certain amount of times that stagger them it becomes okay mm. it's about okay what part of this boss do i have to hit to stagger it? usually it's it's a limb because all the uh bosses are kind of like humanoid ish things some aren't some are creepy scary things that you've never seen for in your life that are very lovecraftian looking and it makes you uncomfortable <laughs> but like every every all, every single one of them has some kind of weakness you know they're not invincible and that's that's kind of what figuring that out is what kind of keeps you going in the game um so i just showed a clip of the i just played that clip there is one more clip I want to play. Uh, it's from the first boss of the DLC, um, and it's for what is regarded as one of the most difficult Souls-born bosses of all time. Uh, I think it's between this and like one other from maybe Dark Souls Two, um, and it's the first boss of the DLC. So you like the first thing you're oh. given. You just bought the DLC. You dive in. Is the hardest boss <laughs> in the game. <laughs> okay, um, that's 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 setting the stage. And so there's two there's two kind of components to to this uh, boss. So you this is also I'm gonna pull up a picture of Ludwig. So his name is Ludwig Ludwig the Accursed. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> I think oh, one of the mouth is made mouths is made of eyeballs. I'm not exactly uh, sure. I don't like yes, that. Yes, so, uh, so so that's what we like to call tonight's nightmare. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, please take a minute to Google Ludwig the Accursed. Or don't. Before we, uh, or, do or don't. <laughs> uh, but you know, so, if you've got problems with narcolepsy, that'll keep you awake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the first little clip I'm going to play is kind of the beginning of his, his boss fight. Uh, you walk in and um, this music starts playing. 
a little less intense than our our earlier song, uh, but still a little menacing. I, I mean, still personally, if I heard like a random orchestra start playing at any point, I'm just going to run the other direction. <laughs> um, so once you get him to about half health, his his second face starts. He it's a very creepy cutscene of him talking to his sword, oh. um, <laughs> that is made of moonlight. What? Uh, it's pretty sweet. Once you, if you when you beat him, you get it, which is awesome. It's, it's the beginning of the second phase. Uh, just before this, the music kind of slows down a little bit, and then I'm gonna. This one's gonna be a little longer because I think it's it's. This is probably the, the best song in the entire game, and one of the best uh, like soundtrack songs I've I've ever listened to. Sherlock went insane and was trying to kill you. Or yeah, yeah went insane. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that's giving me chills. Yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah. Any so music with like that, like really operatic, like backing singing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the horns. Bum, bum, bum. It, yeah, it's the just sharp, like very sharp violin. Yes, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this game does I think uh, the best job of creating an, a a an atmosphere than any other game I've I've like ever played, and like I said, it's such a grabbing atmosphere. Uh, like I've never I never really knew what like Lovecraftian horror really was, you know, New Cthulhu, but didn't know kind of like the basics of it until playing this game and it's definitely like the the ideas have like grabbed me uh you know like this fear of the unknown kind of thing i mean some of the stuff in this game are are so creepy looking and it's like how does the how does people think of this stuff (laughs) uh some of the boss designs are just scary and the game it yeah i like the combat is extremely satisfying. Uh, it feels really good uh, to like barely, just barely dodge under a enemy swing, and then you know nail them with a heavy hit. Uh, the weapons are really, really cool. Um, it has the game has a mechanic basically called the switch weapon system. So every weapon is basically two weapons, and you can switch your weapon in the middle. Of the to the other form in the middle of attacking, that's what adds like to the combo system, and uh, all the weapons are kind of like creepy, weird looking. Like the first thing you get is like a saw blade that's attached to a stick, and it like swaps between like long and short. And uh, some of the other, one of the other stuff, it's a gravestone on the hilt of a sword or on the blade of a sword, and you like pull the blade out and then like stick the blade back in and hit people with the gravestone. It, like <laughs> they just did an incredible job creating this, this game and this atmosphere. And uh, it grabbed me, it grabbed me and, and hasn't let me go. 
Uh, and yeah, I love it. Huh. Yeah, I like I said, <laughs> the way you describe it, and I've heard other people talk about it and like say it's their favorite game of all time, and it makes me interested in playing it. But then you talk about how it's creepy, creepy, <laughs> spooky, give you nightmares, and then it makes me think maybe I don't want to play this game. <laughs> so. I know. I, I don't think I ever had any any dreams related to it, which which is interesting because I know I do get like I do get like the Tetris effect kind of stuff sometimes where I have like dreams. Really, I remember I used to have like Assassin's Creed dreams and, and stuff like that. But I never with this game, I never I never did, and I don't know if, uh, what was different. But I'm glad I didn't because uh, that would have sucked. <laughs> right on. All right. Yeah, so that's that's, that's my it. top five. You want to quickly uh, read through the other fifteen on your list? Very yeah, quick. so I'll, I'll I'll run down from the beginning. So we got Bloodborne one, Destiny two, Dead Space three, God of War four, Wind Waker five. Then following it is Alan Wake, hmm. Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, oh, crap. Yes. Uncharted oh, two, one. Hollow Knight. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5, Luigi's Mansion, hmm. Halo 2, 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, Bioshock, Infamous 2, Max Effect 2, World of Warcraft, Assassin's Creed 4, Skyrim, and then finally... Bad field, Battlefield Bad Company 2. You didn't have The Last of Us anywhere on there? No. The Last of Us got dropped down. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That is crazy. It probably would be like 21. Wow. All right. Solid list. I would maybe have like two of those anywhere on right? the list. Yeah. It's, it's so vastly different from Very me. different. Yeah. Crazy. Damn, man. All right, you wanna you wanna trivialize our brains? Yeah, you guys ready for some trivia? Oh, I'm ready to lose. Heck yeah. I'm ready to get one point on the Wind Waker question. <laughs> We're all gonna get one point on the Wind Waker question. Yeah, you're so gonna, you're gonna keep I, score. Yeah, I'll keep score. I did follow your lead, Jeff, with okay. the with a question about each game. Okay. I think there's no other way to do it. That's the um, yeah. It's the only way. So, and here now we have five Destiny questions. <laughs> <laughs> Which game do you guys know least about? Oh, you just made me type Destiny as someone's name. <laughs> it was okay. Destiny. All right. So, okay. first question is the Destiny question. Uh, of course. This and this this is a this has a bonus portion to it. Ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. So, two chances uh, for you to be wrong. The question is. Who is the original voice actor for the ghost companion in Destiny? And bonus, if you can name the actor that replaced him. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got to call on someone, Derek. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll start with Adam. For whatever reason, my brain is saying Andy Serkis. Nope. Uh, do you have Do you have an idea of maybe who replaced Andy Circus? If it was Andy Circus? Yeah. Uh, nope. No clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew. Um. So for original voice actor, 
I'm going to say Mark Hamill. And for the guy who replaced him, I'm going to say Mark Hamill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeff? I actually know this one. The original. Oh, really? The original was Peter Dinklage, and it was replaced. He was replaced by Nathan Fillion. Wait, no, no. Nathan Fillion is the is the guy from the second game. But uh, I don't know who the guy who replaced him is. But I know Peter Dinklage is the original. Yeah, so Peter Dinklage is the original, and he's replaced by Nathan Fillion, lookalike and soundalike, Nolan North. Oh, you know, I'm playing a game. Desmond is voiced by Nolan yep. North. Man. Everyone is voiced by Nolan North. Yeah, is he, everyone is, he, is voiced by Nolan he a Rick North. Coffin? Yes. Is he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nolan North and uh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker are, are half of video games. I should have just guessed. Fucking right. damn it! Oh man, uh, I mixed up butts. All right, I got one point. Uh, yeah, just go. got one. Uh, a fun fact: when Nathan Fillion couldn't fulfill the voice acting role oh, for Fillion. his the character he does play in Destiny. Uh, Nolan North did the lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Yes, they, yeah, they did kill him. Uh, okay, on to our second question. Uh, the Dead Space question. Oh boy. What is main character Isaac Clarke's job? Um, okay. What is his job? Okay. Um, Are you right. guys ready? Uh, yeah, I got something. All right. Uh, Andrew? Uh, plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff? I want to say spaceship engineer. And Adam? Uh, I just written down engineer of some sort. Yeah, he's an engineer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something so oddly specific that I did not even (laughs) think to... Well, I mean, he said during his uh, talk that he's, like, salvaging all his weaponry, and that makes me think engineer. Yeah, Yeah, but, like, (laughs) you know, sometimes people aren't qualified for the games that they get trapped in. You know, fair (laughs) enough. Exactly. Uh, Cool. All right, uh, number three. Uh, Right now, Jeff is up two to one to zero. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh... Number three is a God of War question, so this might be a little okay. Oh, wait, easier. I know things about this game. I forgot. What breaks Baldur's Im- immortality spell? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> shit, didn't play it. <sighs> is that in the game? Yeah, this is Baldur's the, the guy that you fight all the time. He's, he's okay, yeah, I couldn't yeah. He's invincible. He's invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh, jeez. There's a specific thing that that, yeah, that breaks his spell. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I know it. Dude, I have no idea. All right. Well, I, uh, we'll start with Adam since he he, he probably doesn't the know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's like some sort of like special water from something, like some kind of magic spring or something. Okay. Or Interesting guess. Andrew. Is it? Is it when you break his neck? Jeff? So, I don't remember if it's him who kills his mom or if it's Kratos, but it's when his mom dies, I'm pretty sure. Like, she had, like, a love-binding spell that goes away when she dies. His no. Mom. It's mistletoe. Really? Yeah. I, I do not remember Is... that. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah isn't that... that... That's actually, like, a... 
isn't that like a Norse myth or something? Oh, like, like Jeff Freya, Freya, like his, his, his mother Freya. made a deal does that Freya nothing not, could harm him. Does Freya not die? No. Yeah, she doesn't. She's die. gonna she, be like. She's gonna be like. Oh, the that's villain. right. She's like the main villain in the next game. Oh, that's right. Well, I'm dumb. She's about to <laughs> rain hell on your ass. Yeah, her and yeah. Thor. <laughs> so you you go get some mistletoe, and Atreus puts it on his bow and shoots Balder, and then uh, Kratos uh, kills him. Man, yeah, I really shit, that's actually oh, game. that is what that I'm remembering. All. It's that scene you kill him and she gets mad. I thought it was the other yeah. way around. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> all right, never mind. Yeah, that, that's right. actually uh, shit. I've actually I actually read that somewhere before. Like the original myth is like she made him immune to everything so they but, made up a new thing and like hey loophole yeah yeah <laughs> that's all right <laughs> now on to the bloodborne question uh, okay okay i really tried to make this one as simple as possible <laughs> what's the uh, title of the game <laughs> <laughs> um what is the player character in bloodborne called Oh, okay. I think I know this. I swear to God, I knew this at some point. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, then we'll start with you, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to say The Hunter. Adam? Yeah, I was going with The Hunter. I was Andrew? I was going to say The Hunter. Yeah, it's The Hunter. Hey, yeah. look at that. <laughs> the only reason I knew that, I think you referred to him as The Hunter. Or like... You said I, the phrase "the hunter" at some point. Yeah, I I say he. You have to go on the hunt. Uh, sweet. <laughs> Woo! Pull it up. All right. Butt. All right. Uh, it's Jeff three, Adam two, Andrew one. So Adam has a chance to tie it up with this last question. Oof. The Wind Waker. I'm going to be embarrassed by my Wind Waker knowledge. So okay. In the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. Link speaks his first English words in any canon Zelda game. What does he say? Huh? Like, out loud? Yes. Like, so you, out, you hear it. It's not, it's you not... hear Link physically say English words for the first time in any Zelda game. So it's not a grunt or anything like that, or any of the gibberish he talks. he says in other games. He says an English phrase. He's, or he says words. He says words? Huh. Okay. Huh. Uh, <laughs> interesting. It's been way too long since I've played this game. I have a guess. Alright, uh, we'll start with Andrew. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, oh! Uh, shit, no, Derek, don't start with me. Okay, uh, Adam? Uh, I want to say it's, like, look out. Jeff? My, my guess was, I, I have a memory of him, like, standing on the edge, waving to someone. He goes, hi! <laughs> Alright, uh, Andrew? Uh, is it, come on? It is. It is, come on. Oh, Let's wow. go! When does he say Last that? Last minute epiphany, when you're doing the command melody. Yeah, uh, so yeah, when, when oh. you're leading the statues around... And That's when you right. call to uh, the the girl and the the leaf guy, uh, he says, "Come on." No oh. way! I forgot about that. Come Interesting. on. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's. I didn't I win, think... but I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff. Wins. I won trivia. trivia. 
I did it. Fifty percent win rate. Uh, we don't count that Earth. <laughs> I I do have a uh, tiebreaker. Got if you guys are interested. Of course. Yeah, I want to beat Andrew. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So the question is, how many raid bosses are there in the entire Destiny <laughs> franchise? <laughs> oh no. Uh, Eight. Sixty-nine. <laughs> Are those your guesses? Yeah. Twenty-one. That was. Wow. Adam got it exactly. What? what the Holy fuck? shit! Wow. It's Twenty-one. I am glad you didn't get the winner. Complete winning guess. Question, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Complete and utter guess. Yeah. Shit. There's twenty-one. The forces with me. Nice. There are twenty-five total encounters, though. I hmm. think. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. like more than one boss per some raid. Uh, some some of the raids have like uh, like one of them is like you're building a ship, car a car thing. You have to like go and get like an engine, and it's like your thing is you're you're building up this car so it can drive off a cliff because it's in your way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Or some are like just little puzzles that aren't technically raid bosses. But yeah, twenty one. Cool. All right. All wow. right. Dang. Thank That's you. It's never gonna happen again. Yeah. That was that, that was fun. That Adam, was fun to do. Did you also correctly guess Scyther's Pokedex number? Yeah, I randomly. One twenty-three. Yeah. Every now and again, I get see, really lucky. See, Adam, this <laughs> is why you should just throw out random names guesses sometimes. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it pays off. You're two for two. Um, yeah, but I got a degree in math. The number questions work for me. I don't think that has any correlation. <laughs> No, shut up, it does. Uh, all right, let's bring this... Let me feel good about having a physics degree. Let's bring this dinosaur train into the You station. will when you have a well-paying job. <laughs> Why is it a dinosaur train? Uh, there's a cartoon called Dinosaur Train, and it's really, like, the theme song stuck in my head, because when I used to go to T-Con's uh, aunt's house, his his cousin was always watching it. It's just Dinosaur Train, uh... Dinosaur Train. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, Check out our website. Andrew just wrote a very extensive retrospective review of the original Assassin's Creed. That should be up by the time you're listening to this. Go check that out. My review of Final uh, Fantasy VII Remake's also up there. I'm going to go publish it right now so Derek can read it. Do it. Nice. Uh, check out our Instagram. We're going to have a great picture of Derek on there. That is uh, that is uh, Game Sharks podcast on Instagram. Our website is thegamesharks.com. Derek, I forgot to tell you, but you need to send me a picture of you to put oh, on Instagram. I, okay. <laughs> I was like, what picture did you find of me? Nope, you got to take one. Let's <laughs> uh, put the Batman finger again. And lastly, feel free to send us an email similar to Dan and or Steve do. Ask us some fun questions for us to discuss. Tell us your five favorite video games of all time. You can send us an email at gamesharkspodcast at yahoo.com. Just please, no more football questions. No more football <laughs> questions, Steve. I will not be reading any going forward. If we get any more, I'm asking my dad. No sports loopholes. Um, all right. Thank I feel you. free to send us basketball questions, a sport I know things about. No. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.